class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Berenzi. We're kicking it in the late night hours. Uh, we still got a lot of stuff to get to uh, this evening, including head coach, uh, former head coach of the Los Angeles Kings, ESPN hockey analyst Barry Melrose uh, will join us. Listen, we, we had the handicappers' thoughts. Uh, we've had, like, gamblers' thoughts on the start of the season. Let's get a uh, former head coach of the International Hockey League's thoughts of the upcoming season. Um, so, speaking of uh, seasons, the NBA season is rolling on in, in a bizarro world fashion uh, at that. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I wanted to get to. And the NBA, listen, they've got big COVID problems. And so will the NHL, all right? And, you know, Dallas Stars are, are already sort of in suspended animation right now due to COVID. Uh, but the NBA has told their players no more pregame fraternizing. Okay, that's that's a fair... That's a fair request. They said no more hugging, you know, all that type of stuff. That's a fair request. They also said don't even, like, bump fist and stuff anymore after free throws. That should be a mandatory rule all the time. I hate that. It's like you're a grown man. Does everyone on the team go to need to touch your hand before you shoot every damn free throw? That's, you know. But then they raised it up a notch, and they said no more guests in your hotel rooms, like no exceptions, no more guests. Basically, you're once again sort of in lockdown mode moving forward. And here's George Hill. And anybody that knows, I do take, I'm not anti like COVID and ah, it's a hoax. I'm not one of those people at all. I do believe in the protocols. I do believe in, in safety. Uh, but I also believe that it is kind of crazy. And even in places that have these curfews and stuff that they say, no, you can't have a family gathering. Like, really? Like, you know, so what? Like, you know, to me, that's that's your choice. You know, you I, it's not your choice to walk around and be a dumbass at, at Walmart and fight with people because you don't want to wear a mask. Put on a damn mask. But if you want to get together with your brother, your uncle, your aunt, your cousin, and watch a football game, then you know what? Suck it. I say to any governor, anyone, any politician out there, suck it. And George Hill says, I'm a grown man. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to see my family, I'm going to see my family. They can't tell me uh, what I'm going to do. And this is his best life. He goes, if it's that serious, maybe we shouldn't be playing. Touche. George Hill, bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now, are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Honey, I've got some bad news for you. Oh, no, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million-dollar game? Who? Oh! Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. Late night anger match with 
Interesting angle about this football game that uh, we haven't uh, gotten to uh, yet, although uh, the breakdowns have begun, it's only Tuesday, is Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Where did he come from, guys? What, what, what coaching tree did Matt LaFleur come from? Came from Sean McVay's staff. He was the offensive coordinator. And uh, they actually were together for years in Washington uh, as well. Good friends, know each other, except uh, McVeigh, you know, McVeigh was a little bit, you know, is, is the master, so to speak. LaFleur worked under him, but how much of it, it, it comes down to players, right? You know, it always, it always comes down to players. Uh, and, we, you know, we talked about the, we talked about it uh, yesterday, the dude that, uh, Valdir, guy played on the Colts and now he's playing on the Packers. What would be crazy is if, like you were on a team and like you had inside info of the team. Then you signed. That would make it even crazier. But he's not bringing any inside information. But Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur, and you could also argue Matt LaFleur knows Sean McVay's tendencies as well. Right? I mean, it's one of these deals where they both know each other's offenses. It comes down to players. And although Jared Goff, although Jared Goff did break Aaron Rodgers' passing records, at I'm not naive or stupid enough to tell you that they've got an advantage at the quarterback position. Where where are the Rams' advantages in this football game? Um, they, do they have a better defense? Yes. But you're taking on Aaron Rodgers and a Green Bay Packer offense that puts up 31 points a game. Oh, yeah, at Lambeau, and oh, yeah, what's the weather going to be? And you know what? Remember earlier in the week I said, all right, it's tw- they say it's going to be 25 degrees now. That's what they said. That's what they said when we checked on uh, the other night. I said, "All right, let's see how it changes throughout the week, and like if they change their, um, if they change their, their projection." And well, well, well. A couple of nights ago, they said 25. Now it's 33. Now it's 33. So let me tell you what. And I'm already seeing it, and I'm hearing it. The Rams in the cold, right? We just talked about it. Well. You know, earlier in the week, they said it was going to be 25 degrees. Now it's 33 degrees. Come on. 33 degrees, guys. I don't want to argue about that. That's not cold. It's not even freezing. It's not even freezing. And I don't care if they live in Los Angeles or not. Like, the Rams, weather is not a factor now, suddenly. Now, this could change as the week goes on. But looking at the weather forecast moving forward, seems to be pretty balmy. 35, 35, 33. 28 on Sunday, you know what I mean? So weather really isn't a factor. This is going to come down to players. Sean McVay says, uh, he said the Terminator is going to be good to go and Aaron Donald, I believe that uh, Cooper Cup is going to be good to go. And it comes down to Jared Goff, which Walford's not going to be able to play. It's going to be Goff. And Goff does enough to get by, but he's going to have to do more. Like, the, the Rams need Goff to have one of those. Hey, listen, there's that Goff that we saw, you know, that uh, got in the shootout against Mahomes in that classic game, right, on uh, Monday Night Football. Like, Goff has thrown, you know, I mean, he does have those games in him, but we haven't seen it in about a month, and now he's injured. And now you're going on the road in the playoffs against a damn good Green Bay team. Um, so, you know, it'll be an interesting handicap throughout the week. 
Everybody loves the Packers, yet the number came down to six and a half. I find that to be interesting. I don't see anybody out there. Oh, you know what? I like the Rams here. Well, why'd the number come down? Like, it's a serious question that I asked. Then, then, then why, why did the number come down? Um, so we were talking about the Michigan Wolverines uh, earlier. And, you know, like I said, I don't really care much about these polls and stuff like that. But, I mean, really, are there six teams better than them? We heard Steve Merrill say to us earlier that um, you know, he thinks they're a top three, top four team in the country when, when he looks at their metrics. I would love it. I would just love to see. I would love to see. There's like sometimes there's these stories in sports, right? And they're manufactured. Yet, just imagine Jawan Howard winning a national championship with the Michigan Wolverines. Something that he could not do with the Fab Five, right? They made it to two national championship uh, games. They got uh, they got beat by Duke, and then of course there was the heartbreaker against North Carolina, right? Like the thing with the the Fab Five is for all their greatness and how they changed a lot of things. And honestly, they are one of the most like you know recognizable college basketball programs of all time. UNLV running Rebels, Michigan, the Fab Five took it to a next level. Although UNLV actually won. And say what you will about Duke and nobody likes them, but you know the white guys in the tight shorts and stuff. They 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 were damn good too. They. They sort of sat a toe, but I'm just standing for all of, you know, all the hype around the Fab Five. They never even won a Big Ten title before. You know that, Matthias? Like, it's like the Fab Five. They never even won the Big Ten. <laughs> like, after all that, like, they actually made it. They made it to two title games, but they did not did win. The, yeah, they never won the conference. So, yeah, t- and they never won the conference tournament. So, like, technically, they never won anything, which is kind of insane, but... In college basketball, and I heard Pharrell talking about this before, and I agree with him, it is true, and you know this, Matisse, in college basketball, Final Four sort of counts as, like, something. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like they, Absolutely. They, put, they, they put banners up for that, Final Four. Right? You Like, put it this way. You'd rather go to the Final Four than win your conference tournament. Right? Like, they, they, you do get a banner, and teams hang it. Even, you know, it's like even, like, other teams don't snub it. It's like, no, no, you're in the Final Four. You get a banner. It is what it is. You want to win and also have a championship banner, but you get two of them, right? You want to get both of them. But, you know, Glenn Rice, the Michigan, Ramil Robinson and Glenn Rice, they were able to win. They beat Seton Hall in uh, 19, uh, 1989. Um, they beat Seton Hall. Great, great game. Classic game. So Michigan basketball have been close a lot, right? They had the two games with the Fab Five. They had two championship games with Beeline. They had multiple Final Four appearances along the way, and they've fallen short. Jawan Howard was a member of that Fab Five team, of course. The heartbreaker to Duke and then the gut-wrenching loss to North Carolina and the Chris Webber timeout game. So you imagine, Matthias, I'm just thinking out loud here and hoping for a great story of the little kid in the tunnel that said we're going to shock the world as a freshman wins as a grown man a national championship at Michigan, at Ann Arbor. And we'll see whether, and I like your Weber, I like you, C-Web, but you better freaking show up now, bro. Right? This is your guy. You better show up now. But 
Uh, imagine how cool of a story it would be if a guy from the Fab Five, Juwan Howard, wins at Michigan. No, yeah, it, it would be something special. That's something that every Michigan fan will never forget is Chris, you know, is Juwan Howard saying, let's shock the world. And I think you said it right off the top of the bat. Nobody really remembers league championships, at least I don't. One of the biggest Michigan victories, in my opinion, are the final four victories, obviously. But one of the best ones is actually beating Purdue in the Big Ten championship tournament game. You know, seeing Michigan win four games in a row as a low seed and shocking the world like that was something special when they beat Purdue recently for that Big Ten tournament game. Well, Michigan are kings in the Big Ten tournament. Remember a couple it. of years ago, guys? Remember a couple of years ago, they split off the runway when they were on the way to the tournament? Their plane literally crashed, like guys' players, like heads smashed through the window. They took a team vote, do you want to get back on a plane to go to the tournament? They said, hell no. And then the team captain said, get on the plane, let's go. Damn, they won the tournament. Bring it! Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now, are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Dave Lomarensis. We're kicking it on Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio Networks. The countdown to puck drop is on. And let's bring in a man that uh, knows about as much about hockey as anybody out there. He's, if it's happened uh, in a rink, he's seen it. Uh, former uh, head coach of the Los Angeles uh, Kings, ESPN hockey analyst, Memorial Cup champion. But with all that being stated, the thing that I'm most impressed with is uh, the fact that Barry actually racked up 728 penalty minutes with the Cam Loops Chiefs. Coach Barry Melrose steps up and in. Coach, always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hey, always a pleasure, Coach. Uh, happy hockey season. As a hockey That's fans, for sure. Yeah, and you know this, Coach. Uh, hockey fans are as passionate as any fan base uh, out there. Fans of the National Hockey League, and they're very excited about this year. Shortened season, revamped divisions, revamped uh, playoff format, bitter rivals going to be playing each other. Eight and uh, in the Canadian division nine times uh, this year. But this is going to be quite a challenge for the players and the coaches, isn't it? Well, over the years, what was always the biggest uh, problem with people talking about the NHL, and that was they play too many games, too many guys make the playoffs. The games aren't worth anything until you play the last month of the season. Well, all those things are out the window now. Every game is important. The first game of the year is important. Uh, the, the teams are so evenly matched. You've got the divisions. You can't lose five in a row. You can't lose seven in a row. Uh, you can't go two and two and five, two and six, something like that, or you're going to miss a playoff. That's how important these games are going to be. So 
for me, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I know people will complain about it, though, only 56 games. But, boy, you're going to get your money's worth. They're going to be blocking shots opening night. They're going to be fighting opening night. They're doing anything to win opening night. So I, I think that if you're a hockey fan, uh, you should embrace this schedule. You should really uh, enjoy it. Uh, the guys are going to play so hard, and every game is so meaningful. It's just going to be a great battle. It's a sprint. We're, we are always the old saying, well, it's a marathon. Well, it ain't yeah. a marathon anymore. It's a sprint. And you got to win games, and you got to win games consistently. So let me ask you about that, Coach, uh, because as someone that played, and as I stated, you've played at every level, so you've seen it all. As someone that played and as someone that's coached, it is a marathon. You know, training camps, uh, preseason, uh, regular season, playoffs, it really takes its toll. And as a coach, you have to know when to pick your spots, uh, right? When to be when to be on your team, when to back off a little bit. How much of a challenge is it going to be for coaches uh, this year? You know, to to manage this 56 game schedule because it's tough, coach. You know, especially with the you know the format, which you know it seems everybody gets a point all the time. It's really tough to make up ground if you fall behind early in the season in the National Hockey League. This is going to be heightened right now. How tough is it going to be for coaches to to manage this and and not drain their players and be too intense because every game counts so much. Well, injuries are going to be a big factor, too. Which team can stay away from the injuries? Which team can get through? You look at uh, Tampa Bay's already lost Kucherov. Uh, there's lots of other guys out there. Uh, we've got the pandemic also. Uh, D- D- Dallas Stars are uh, going to miss the first three games of the year, obviously, uh, because of the virus. And, and uh, you know, so and that's just until we find out if it's worse than, than what it is right now. Uh, but it, it's, it's a really... Uh, struggle for the coaches because you, you know, say your team's playing bad, say you just had a bad game, but you're playing the next night. Normally, you'd be playing two nights away or three nights away, and you'd really have a hard practice the next day, and you'd really work on things. You can't do that now. You don't. You don't have a chance to uh, to go after your team and just work their butts off and and challenge them and things like that because there's just not enough uh, games. So that's going to be another thing. Injuries. Really watch them close on your team, uh, and who else is getting hurt? But also. Uh, you know, just uh, how the coach handles his team. Who uh, is it a team that's not going to practice much? Is it a team that's going to practice once a week hard, something like that? Do they have a game plan? Uh, usually a situation like this, a game plan uh, it goes out the window uh, if you lose the first three games. So it's, it's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Every, every I've heard people ripping it, and I've heard other things. i heard a lot of people liking it. But as far as I'm concerned, I, oh, I'm, I I'm going to enjoy it. I think it's going to be a blast. You know what it reminds me of, coaches? We're in conversation with uh, Coach Barry Melrose, ESPN hockey analyst. I'm Gabe Morenci, Sirius XM Channel 204. You know what it reminds me of, uh, coaches? The original six days. These guys are just going to beat the crap out of each other, playing each other eight times. But how draining is that? Playing against your rivals as much as they are, and only four teams getting through in each division, coach. Well, it's it's it's, uh, it's tough like, when you when you play a guy like two out of two and through three games, like in the American League, you used to do a lot of three games and four nights, things like that. But you get the hate whoever you're playing you, you just you can't help it. you're going out at night in and night out you're traveling and and uh you you get to hate the guys and that's what's going to happen especially you mentioned the northern division with the canadian teams playing each other 
between times. Uh, if you look at the schedule, at near the end of the schedule, a lot of teams are playing uh, each other five times in a row. Things like that. It's just crazy scheduling. And, uh, you know, it's whichever team can handle it the best, whichever coach can explain it the best. The hot goaltender solves a lot of problems. So that's another another thing is, is uh, you know, people are getting used to these two goaltender rotations. Well, you know, what, can you do that now? Carey Price with Montreal. Montreal looks like it's going to be battling for a playoff spot now. Do you, you, you continue to play Carey Price all the time or are you going to play him every second time? Things like that. So that'll be another thing to watch is which goaltenders play and, 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 and play a lot. So that'll be another thing to uh, keep your eye on. But uh, I just think the compete level is going to be off the roof. I think it's just going to be a great night of hockey every night. Somebody's going to t- come up big. Whoever can, as I mentioned before, stay away from injuries. It's just, it's just going to be fun. Coach Barry Melrose with us. And Coach, I like what you said as far as even great coaches are concerned. Yeah, the plan can change if you're on a three-game losing streak. We talk a lot of MMA on the program, and as fighters say, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> and then then the game plan goes out the window, but goaltending, and you know this coach as well as anybody, um, so you know, a coach is only as good as his goaltender. I was going to ask you that. How important is backup goaltending going to be? And that's going to be a big decision, isn't it? Because, you know, you, you know, you can't run your goalie into the ground and then, the, you know, the playoffs are still going to be exhausting as well. It's such a unique situation to be in. How important is the backup goaltending going to be this year? Well, they're going to carry three goaltenders. I, I, I think you probably saw that they're going to have a taxi squad. They're going to have extra guys uh, with the team all year long. You're not going to have players in the American League because the American League is not going to start for another month. So you're, you're going to carry like five or six extra guys. Uh, depending on the rules, depending on your situation. But again, uh, you know, the goaltenders, you're, the best idea at the start of the year is, well, we've got, two, we've got two goalies, one's really good, and one's just good. So maybe the really good one will play two out of every three games. But all of a sudden you get into a losing streak, and those are plans are thrown out the window because then you start playing your number one goaltender more because you can't risk losing another game because of your backup goaltender. So uh, goaltending is, is always a big part of the NHL. It's going to be a bigger part of the NHL. Uh, it, it's just, like I said, it's just, it, there's so many, and we don't even, there, other things will happen. There'll be things happen too uh, with uh, suspensions and, and things like that. So, uh, but right now, as far as goaltenders, they've all got a plan. It all probably, you know, you know, two goaltenders, one will play more usually, but, uh, you know, but now with the way it is, the gold number one goaltender might go back to the old days where the number one goaltender plays three quarters of the game. So, uh, Carey Price can easily play 56 games. That's not a problem for him. He's, he's done that his whole career. And, and a lot of the other goaltenders have played a ton of time. Tuka Rask has always played 50, 60 games uh, and the backup 20 games. So, uh, it, it's going to, you know, come down to to the the coaching staff and and uh, and where you're standing. You can't afford to go into a slump because your goaltending struggles. So uh, there will be a lot of things watching, but goaltender obviously is is something that you got to pay attention to. Yeah, I couldn't help but think of uh, Martin Brodeur and uh, thinking, well, yeah, Marty, six sure. game schedule. He played every What's game. He play? Yeah. yeah, he played fifty six. Right? He, yeah, he played fifty six. <laughs> so, coach, there's a changing of the guard going on right now in the National Hockey League. Uh, Sidney Crosby, who I'm a massive fan of, um, isn't getting any younger. The Penguins. Um, you know, the Penguins are sort of, you know, in between mode uh, right now. Similar situation with Washington. They won their cup. Tampa, 
you know, had knocked on the door so much. You talked about Kucherov being injured. Will they have that same hunger? So it really is, like, it seems to me that it's wide open. The odds makers have Colorado as the favorites. Would you agree with that, Coach, that our Colorado, would you say Colorado are the team to beat coming into this year? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think they're the best team. They got better. They're, they got some great young players. They made some good deals. They looked great last year. McKinnon's a horse. Uh, Kale McCarr is just an unbelievable young goaltender or a young defenseman. Uh, they've got depth. They got a really good coach who's just been getting better and better. So I, I think Colorado and Vegas are the two best teams in that uh, conference. Vegas is very good also. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they won, but they're just looking at the teams to start the season, I do think Colorado with their depth and with their speed, because they're built for today's NHL. They're big they're fast and and the good thing about their players they don't get hurt much they don't have a bunch of guys hurt all the time they're, those big stars i talked about mckinnon and landeskog and ratton and they, they're all pretty pretty resilient they're pretty pretty tough and and uh that's going to be so important just staying out of the doctor's office and staying out of the, the dentist's office you got to be ready to play every night coach barry melrose with us just for a couple more minutes coach let's talk about the team that you were drafted by uh, in 1976 and i gotta tell you not a bad team like when you were a kid you get drafted by the canadian see that's one of the best hockey teams of all time they won six cups in that decade what was the feeling that day well it was a great honor being drafted by montreal but i i uh, was a student of the game and i uh, i looked and i i knew the american league and montreal had four all-star defensemen in the american league and they had three all-star defensemen in the nhl and i looked at my dad and said I think I'm going to be signing with Cincinnati Dad in the WHA because it is it would be a long time before I'm going to get a spot with the Montreal Canadiens. So it was an honor being drafted that high by the Montreal Canadiens, but it didn't take me long to realize that, that, that I wasn't going to play for Montreal. I, matter of fact, I, I got sent a three-way contract. People that don't know what a three-way contract is in those days, uh, a one-way contract, you got paid that salary in the NHL, and it was that straight salary. A two-way contract means that maybe you were on a two-way deal. Yeah, you got NHL money on the front side. You got less, less money on the back side. And then if they didn't think you were quite ready, you'd go to Muskegon in the eye. So uh, I had a three-way contract, one salary in the NHL, one salary in the American League, and one salary in uh, Muskegon in the eye. So, again, that's, that gave me another uh, heads up that uh, it might be a while before I'm playing in the NHL. <laughs> Barry Melrose with us. ESPN Hockey Analyst. I'm Gabriel Ramsey, Series XM Channel 204. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. For a conversation with Coach Barry Melrose, ESPN hockey analyst, I'm Gabriel Morenzi, Series XM Channel 204. So that gave me another uh, heads up that uh, it might be a while before I'm playing in the NHL. Yeah, you're lucky, you're thinking, I don't know. I'm pretty good, but yeah, that Larry Robinson guy's pretty good, right? Uh, it's that Serge Sabar well, guy. Ed Robinson, <laughs> Gila, Point, Gila Point was on that team, Billy Nyrop was on that team. 
uh, Brian Engblom was coming up. Uh, Jill Lupian was coming up. All those guys were all-star defensemen in the American League. So uh, they, they were a great team. They were a great franchise. Sam Pollock, the general manager, was the best GM in hockey probably for 40 years. And that Montreal team always drafted the best, had the best teams. And they won, you, you mentioned six and ten. They won five in a row. Uh, Stanley Cup, so they they just had everything. Uh, they just they just retooled, man. They never they never rebuilt. They just retooled. And uh, you know, of course, uh, and of course, Coach uh, ended up in the Montreal form, Los Angeles Kings, and the Montreal Canadiens. So, Coach, before we get you out of here, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Canadians. Mark Bergevin has been criticized uh, over the years. Canadian fans are getting impatient. Um, you know, they haven't won in a long time. You know that the expectations in that city are as high as anywhere in the National Hockey League. But there really is excitement about this team. It seems to be sort of like you know, hope about the team. But this year, it's a little bit past hope. Bergevin's done a really nice job in the offseason, hasn't he, coach, putting this thing together? Well, it goes back to the uh, the, the, the cup we had last year, uh, and uh, Montreal was one of the few. Montreal and Chicago were the two last teams that got into the playoffs. And, you know, everyone was saying Montreal's rebuilding, Montreal's rebuilding. And, man, they come out of that gate in that, that playoff yep. series, and they win, and they, they look great, and uh, Carey Price looked great, and Shea Weber was playing awesome like he did when he was a member of the Nashville uh, Hockey Club. And they, they started believing in themselves, and they started thinking, you know, we can win. And they won two rounds and and, uh, and almost won the third. So I think that uh, you're exactly right. Bergeron's done a good job. Uh, you know, most GMs might have been fired by the time uh, you know, they, Montreal was going so bad. Montreal usually pretty tough on coaches, but they gave Bergeron a chance as a general manager. Uh, he's, and they got some great young players, great young forwards, uh, guys that can really fly, uh, guys that can really move the puck. They got a great mobile defense, as I said, led by Shea Weber. So I, I think Montreal is a, is a different cat this year. I think people are enthused about them, and I think that's for good reason. They, they're a much different team that they've been in the past, and, and that playoff showed it. And, uh, again, are they going to get out? They, tough, uh, you know, Ottawa. And it's, a, it's a good conference to be in for Montreal. Toronto has underachieved. Winnipeg's not playing well. Edmonton obviously had the, the, the breakup last year. I like Calgary a lot. I like Vancouver. Ottawa's rebuilding, but they got a lot of good young kids. Points would be hard to get. But I, I think Montreal might be the team to beat. And I, I, I look at them, and I think, you know, I, I think they play Toronto first game uh, yeah. tomorrow night. So uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a really good one to watch to see if Montreal's for real. All right, last team I ask you about, and I promise I'll get you out of here, uh, Coach. Philadelphia Flyers, the team that the Montreal Canadiens gave all that they can handle. Carter Hart's a great young goaltender. There's a lot of excitement about uh, Philadelphia. Uh, can they take the next step? Are you buying into the Flyers this year? Yeah, I like I like the Flyers. I like they uh, they got some great uh, young players. Prokhorov on defense. Uh, Carter Hart, as you mentioned, uh, you know they look really good in the playoffs last year. Uh, so I, I like Montreal or the Flyers. I think they're going to come out of that division. I, I think it, Boston's not the same team anymore. Char's not there. Krug's not there. Buffalo's still rebuilding. Hard to say what they're going to do. Jersey is is a rebuilding club. I like the Islanders, of course. I like the Rangers. A lot of really good young players. Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. Montreal, Washington's Washington. They're on their windows closing. Their window of opportunities closing. So they know they got to win this year. But boy, uh, there's some quick teams on that uh, that division with the Rangers. Flyers uh, and, and, and teams like that. So, uh, that, again, it's going to be another uh, division really worth watching. 
uh, ESPN hockey analyst, Coach Perry Melrose with us. Coach, we could talk hockey for hours. I wish we were sitting down having a couple of uh, cold ones talking pucks uh, right now. It's always a pleasure, sir. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Happy hockey season. Thank you. Anytime. Barry Melrose kicking it uh, with us. Always cool. Uh, throwing it down with Barry Melrose. And, um, you know, we could have went on all night, actually, uh, with Barry. And I think he could have uh, as well. Time always flies when we're talking pucks. I didn't even get into it that basically I wasn't going to tell him. Oh, yeah, by the way, I was in the building that night uh, when you guys lost uh, the Stanley Cup uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. And... It's anytime, every time I, I talk to Barry Melrose, I can't help but think of it only because of just how much money I lost, all right? Just how much uh, money I lost during that whole process. So what's pretty crazy, you know, my life's always been full of irony and just weird twists. So I was living, I was living in Los Angeles. So I'm living in Hollywood and, um, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, in metal bands and, um I was going to uh, to the Guitar Institute of Technology in the late 80s. And um, so I'm living in Hollywood and L.A. for years. But like uh, like everybody else, Hollywood spit me up and chew me out like every other wannabe. And um, so then we went we went to Montreal and you know, it was before we started homicide. So it was like a, it was like a two year window where, you know, really, I was just sort of, you know, going out to bars, drinking, having a good time, and uh, betting on sports and uh, making money any way that I could. And one of the ways that I could uh, make money was um, selling tickets. So this is like pre, you know, there's no internet or anything like this in these days. So there's no StubHub or anything. You want to get into it, you know, you want to get into a venue. So when I was a very young, when I was a young kid, when I was like, you know, 11 12 type thing there was one of my neighbors there was a dude that lived down the street for me he was an older teenager type guy he was like 16 17 when i was like 12 but he him and his buddy actually were one of the bigger scalping ticket broker type dudes in the city and you know they were clean cut dudes like when everyone was like drug dealers and everything they used to just spend money on tickets and they built like this mini empire and when i was a kid they paid me to go and like basically get other people to go wait in line. So you have to wait in line in those days to get tickets, right? So when I was like 12 years old and stuff, I used to make a couple of hundred bucks, which was good money at the time. We're talking like early 80s to like sit outside in arena all night. And I'd be the first one in line because we'd always get tipped off uh, as to when the tickets would go on sale. So basically like, you know, when the local, you know, rock station would say, Judas Priest tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. We'd already be in line and we get a laugh out of it when they'd announce it on the radio. We'd be listening on the radio. We get a big laugh out of it. Oh, you see people showing up and stuff and they'd be like, how the hell are you people always here all the time? Well, like everything, everything's fixed, right? So I sort of learned the ticket industry as a kid and how it worked. And, you know, when I got back to Montreal after, I was living near the arena and I was like, you know what? Why not? Like, I already know the ropes here. I actually know a lot of the people on the street. Now, one thing I, you know, my turf was not a good piece of turf because I was, you know, I was new to the game. I was accepted, but I was new. So 
I didn't have the, you know, that's the big thing when in those days, man, you get punched in the face or worse, stabbed and stuff, man. And you guys don't realize it. Like in the old days, the way that it would work. So you'd be outside an arena and if somebody didn't like you, they'd get the cops on you, right? Because everybody would pay the cops off. So it's just right out of a movie. Like the cops, Matisse, would only arrest certain scalpers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, so it's either you better have paid the cops off or you better stay out of the cops' face or not piss off somebody that's paying the cops off. So there's like a lot of little like intricacies to this deal, okay? Let me tell you. <laughs> and there's, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes uh, with this. But So I got into it, and they were closing the Montreal Forum. Right, and the Montreal Forum is one of the most storied buildings. It's like Yankee Stadium. You know, the Canes, 24 cops, and like they had a ton of history and stuff. Uh, you know, sacred ground as far as hockey is concerned. And they were closing the building, and the Canadians made the finals against uh, the LA Kings. But the thing is, and Barry Melrose was the coach of the Kings. The thing that was disappointing is, though, I actually had my own hustle going on, and. I managed, I paid people to wait in line and I got my own tickets, right? I wasn't a kid anymore. And, but all I could hustle up was 24 tickets, right? I had, I got 24 tickets. It was tough because I couldn't get more than four. They were only selling four at a time to people. So there was me and I had like 500 people. It was tough, right? I, you know, I was like, I'll get more if I have to through like other means. But so I had 24 tickets and I'll never forget. So it was the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup and it was the L.A. Kings and the Toronto Maple Leafs in, um, in, in Game 7 of the conference finals. The winner goes to the Stanley Cup. And the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs, sort of like the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry, except imagine like they actually played in the World Series, the Yankees and the Red Sox, just due to like they were in different divisions at the time and whatever, different formula, you know what I mean? So it was, it was basically like as big as it could have gotten. So this is 1993, guys. I paid $36 a ticket. All right, standing room, $36 a ticket. I wanted to get the cheapest ones to maximize the profit. So I got 36, I spent $36 a ticket. I got 24 tickets. And I got, I was told I was offered, somebody offered me like 12,000 bucks, but not on the spot. They said, listen, if the Leafs beat the Kings, I'll give you $12,000 for the lot right now right after the game. I was in a bar. I was in a sports bar with a bunch of scalpers in the arena, actually. There was a bar in the Montreal Forum. And and somebody said, I'll give you $12,000 after this game right now if you give me all the tickets. And somebody, like an experienced dude, told me, he goes, bro, he goes, I know you're tempted by $12,000, but he said, uh, that's $500 a ticket. And he goes, it'll be minimum. He goes, I'm telling you right now, it's a minimum $1,000 to get in the building. And he goes, I know, because I set the market. And he goes, you, he goes, if you want the 12, kid, you take the 12, but I'd hang on. And I was like, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. You know what I mean? And of course, then all night, he's like, all right, 18, 17, 5. And he's negotiating with me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is great. I'm just like 23 years old. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm about to make like $24,000 here. I got a guy offering me 17, 5 right now. I said, I, I'm sitting on a gold mine. But... But we needed the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the game, and they did not. The Los Angeles Kings won the game. Thanks, Kerry Fraser, uh, referee. They won the game, and instead of my tickets being worth $24,000, ah, I got like anywhere from $75 <laughs> 
I got, I remember like, I remember one of the games. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Just give me 75 bucks. Like, I felt bad. It's like a guy and his girlfriend, teenagers. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just give me 75 each, all right? Um, you know, I was getting 150 each, you know, but I remember the game five night when everyone knew the Montreal Canadiens were going to beat uh, the Kings. I got offered 500 bucks and I had one ticket left and I got offered 500. <laughs> and everybody was like, you're nuts for not taking the 500. They said, you can watch the guy. I said, I want to be in the building. They said, you can be in the building in the bar. The bar is in the building. And they said, dude, you're nuts. Take the 500. I said, nah, it's been a good run. It's been a good run. So I went in, I watched uh, the game. Barry Melrose is the coach. I watched the game. But then I made like $2,000 after the game. Uh, that's where I made my real money. Um, and that's another story. That's a good one. <laughs> that's where I built a liquor empire. I built a liquor empire. I was like the beer baron. I started off with a six pack of beer and I ended up with a brewery and thousands of dollars. The late night anger management class continues, bring it. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. Thanks to Barry Melrose, Andrew McKinnis, Steve Merrill for kicking with us, Ian Cameron, and of course the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart, and more. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll be talking NHL uh, opening night tomorrow night. Of course, we'll start raising it up a notch as far as the NFL is concerned. NFL playoffs, looking forward uh, to uh, to the games. So, yeah, as we were stating, it's always uh, fun, um, you know, having Barry Melrose on. We were just talking about that 1993 uh, final. So, yeah, after the game, I go outside, and there was a riot, speaking of riots. So, I was in the middle of a riot, and... Um, so I go outside and people are starting to smash things and things are getting pretty crazy. All right. And like people in Montreal, like really go crazy when they win the cup. They always smash. There's always like mass riots, but it's, it's more like a criminal thing. It's not like a riot. It's more like let's rob everything. And they, you know, they smash everything up. So, and it's like planned. People are like ripping ATM bank machines out, like on pickup trucks and stuff like that. It's just sort of pandemonium. So I just go outside to sort of soak it all up. And I live near the arena. So even though it was late at night, I knew the dude in the store and I knew the guy was open and he served, he sold beer all night, even though he wasn't supposed to type thing. After You're not supposed to serve beer after 11, but he did. So I went in just harmlessly and I said, yo, what's up, bro? And I went there all the time. It was like one of my quarter stores. And I got a six pack. And I got a six pack and I went back out onto the street, but the store was like on a side street away from the arena. You'd have to know the area to know the store there. So it was sort of on a side street. So I go back and I'm standing on the main street and I got a six pack in my head 
and I'm pounding it back, and some guy, like, he goes, oh, my God, he goes, I can't believe I just watched the Stanley Cup in person. He goes, I need a beer. He goes, please, I'll give you five bucks for two of them. And, um, and this is 1993 at the time, and I'm like, yeah, you know. I say, you know what? I only paid five bucks for the six-pack. That's four free beers. So I was like, yeah, sure. I took his five, and then right away, somebody says, you got beer? And I said, yeah, give me a second. I came back. I had like 24 of them, and then they were gone in about like five seconds. And then, next thing you knew, I built an empire. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Look, you have a simple choice. Keep listening and get the winning edge, or don't. And wish you had. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.